Good Monday evening. Welcome to Live from the Bell Tower, as we like to I call like it, it here. That sounds very official. I like yeah. that a lot. Live from, I wish I had live. that like radio voice. Oh, live from live the Bell Tower. from the Bell Tower. We need, we need to get my brother on. He has that like yeah? movie voice. Remember we on need, our Christmas oh, episode? Yeah, yeah. He, that was good. Yeah, I need yes. to get him on to say, we need him. live from the Bell Tower. Yes. This is the Break the Bell podcast. Just so you know, um, welcome. It is a yet another Monday night. Yes. Man, time is just the weeks are just it's flying going fast. by. Yeah, it seems like we just seems like we just had our interview with Carrie Sloan, which was actually right. two weeks ago. Now, that's crazy. Two that's freaking crazy. weeks ago, and here we are, two weeks later, talking more about guns yeah, is well, the, is the, the initial topic the, of it. Uh, hot topic. It is, and uh, there's never a short supply yeah. of of things to talk about when it comes that's to right. gun rights, gun laws. Uh, oh yeah, you can go gun on control and on about guns. Guns, yes. gun protection. Yes. Gun. Guns. Violence. <laughs> gun violence. <laughs> yes. Mass shootings. Yes. Gun, all the all gun, the gun games, gun hunting. <laughs> there you go. There's so much things to talk about. Yeah. We could just do an entire so, podcast yeah. just on guns. So, hey, bell breakers. How are you? I don't think I said hi. How's it going? You didn't say. You didn't I say. I, I know. Hello, beautiful bell breakers. There you go. Now we can we officially go. start since you said that. Um, we are once again live. Because that's what we do Monday nights now. It is yeah. our it, it's, it, we we enjoy it. I've enjoyed this whole live format. I, I prefer it. it. I do too because yeah. not only do I, I like the the concept of having a live show that people can call in if they yeah. want to, but it also disciplines us to keep our show and keep our shit together yes. in a certain time frame. So we're not sitting up till like one o'clock in the morning recording yeah. these damn podcasts because it has been nice. Yeah. Getting off at like nine thirty, being yeah, done. It has rather than one a.m. where I'm falling asleep and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're we're posting videos of you sleeping and getting a bunch of hits on. Uh, yeah, well, YouTube that's fun it, stuff. It is. That's good promo stuff. But we are here. We're live. We will have the opportunity for call-ins. Man, this volume thing is very touchy today. It's either really loud or really quiet on my music background music. I think that's been everybody today. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So today again. We're going to talk some about guns. Yeah, because both of us, uh, you know, Biden got to jab in his jaws, mm -hmm. and both of us saw that, and we both were like, um, what? Um, go fuck yourself, pretty much. Yeah. Um, all this conversation is going to stem around the one sentence that Joe Biden said that was, no amendment is absolute. Yeah. And I, I, I get kind of what he's saying here. We're going we're gonna to listen to the clip after the, the intro video. I yeah. get what he's saying. But the precedent he's setting here right. is the scary part. And and we say that about so many things. It's yeah. just like, I think Carrie Sloan said it. It's like, listen to what they're saying and listen to what they're, they're not, not saying. saying. Right. It's so, just as important. Yeah. It's it, it maybe even more important. It's like you, you're setting up a really bad precedent when the sitting president of the United States basically gets up and is just like, look, I mean, all these basic rights they're not absolute yeah right i mean <laughs> they, can, they can be taken anytime i and the way it's interpreted in some of these articles we're going to get to it, yeah they're saying he wasn't necessarily saying that they can be taken away but um they're basically like not yeah without some sort of you know like right. guide guidance well, or yeah and it's you know the one they always like to say is you can't yell fire in a mm -hmm. crowded theater well he said that <laughs> he right, said that right, on yeah. his so um we'll get to that we're gonna watch the clip here after the intro video but how are you doing today bill i'm doing really good yeah yeah it was it was an, a beautiful day mm -hmm. you know we, we uh 
worked hard, you know, and oh, uh, did we did did we? <laughs> uh, sure, sure. I, I feel like we didn't. For for the sake of everybody, for else, everybody listening, yes. we worked hard today. We're yes. exhausted, but yet we here we are, um, talking to you guys after a hard day of work, yes. sweating our asses off, yes, out in the brutal fifty four degree weather out there. Yeah. So. We're here though because yes. that's what we do. Yeah. And Before this is we go what further, we look forward to this is the part where we're like, yeah, let's do yeah, this. Yeah, this is this is my sanctuary, my yeah. inner sanctuary. Before I forget, we can't forget our coffee fix of freedom. Yes. Because I almost forgot. This whole episode is basically going to be talking about liberties and freedoms and and your rights. And so yeah. we can't forget to mention the freedom love and coffee known as Run Your Mouth Coffee at rymcoffee.com, the official yes. coffee of the Break the Bell Co- podcast. Yes. And the official coffee of free speech. Yes. So, rymcoffee.com, um, they are a, a, a newer coffee company. They ship it right to your door. Uh, fresh coffee, fresh roasted. It's probably more fresh than the stuff that you get at the store or from oh, Starbucks or far. whatever. Yeah. Um, rymcoffee.com, they, they support. Freedoms. They support your your civil liberties, and so as we always say, support companies that support free speech because <laughs> they're far and few a- anymore. It, it's yeah. hard to find, especially big companies that fully support free speech. And right. this is a company that fully supports your free speech. So make sure you check them yeah. out. Order their support coffee. them. Support them because we need more people like that. We need more yeah. businesses that are willing to um, just push. And stand up for your, your freedom and liberties yeah. and, and yeah. your free speech and the ability to tell the president to fuck off. <laughs> yes. Do we have the ability? Is that in the const- our constitutional right to tell the president to fuck off? Fuck yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. RYMCoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code BREAKTHEBELL. That's all one word, break the bell, And you will get 10% off your purchase plus free shipping. Who doesn't want free shipping and it's, deals? It's a nice perk. I mean, it, it's like coupon day. <laughs> we are giving you a coupon. If you're a coupon lady, this is a coupon, and we are giving it to you. Break the Bell is the promo code, the coupon code, which we'll call it. Go order now. It's delicious, and they support free speech. If you love coffee as much as you love free speech, go to rymcoffee.com. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go now while you're still listening to us, though. Moving on. Anything else we got to talk about? Um, in the before we kick off this intro video, I, I don't know. Did you have a good weekend? I mean, it was it was it was good. It was busy. It was busy. It was busy. Very busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was busy. Um, the Cardinals lost more than I wanted them to, but yeah. hopefully they step up their game. What's the record now? Oh, maybe I don't. I'm not sure. Oh, <laughs> maybe okay. I'll have to look. Uh, they are five and four right now. Oh, okay. Um, they they picked up that Colorado Rockies. Yeah, like, you said he's been a badass. Super shot. Yeah, he's been. Pretty pretty on point. Like watching yeah. him, he's a younger guy. Uh, his very first game at the home stadium, Bush Stadium, he hits a home run. And nice. I mean, you can tell this guy just wants to be a Cardinal. He wants to yeah. be here. I, I guess there's rumor that he was sending um, kind of uh, videos of himself to one of the pitchers of the Cardinals, telling him for the last like year or so, telling him, "Hey, show this to the the general manager or the owner or whoever. Sh- show him, th- show him my my reels. Show him my like he's been wanting oh, okay. to be a Cardinal for a while nice. now. So wow, so that's cool. Yeah, it's it's cool to see a young guy that's that good, um, in on on the team yeah. as well as some of the veterans that they brought back, like my favorite Yachty 
Yeah, yeah, I know Molina. he's your guy. He, he's yeah, my, he he's was my a free boy. agent, and they brought him back. Yeah, so that's so, cool. So I'm hoping this season pans out for them the way they want it to. You, you know what? I'm now excited for what's that? NFL draft in Shut two up. weeks. Yep, it's, it's baseball coming. season. Two weeks. I NFL draft, baby. I don't give a fuck about football right yep. now. It is baseball season until <laughs> October. <laughs> nope. And you're not going to nope. change my mind with that. I, Why is I, this logo still in front of our faces? I, I don't know. It is a rough start. There we are. There. So. We're going to get into this intro. Don't forget to check us out all over social media. We are well, live again. We did get a message on YouTube that said, go Astros. Astros? Who said that? <laughs> who the hell said that? Uh, salt. I don't know who that is, but you're a bunch of freaking cheaters. Um, <laughs> I did hear of a team that like trolled the Astros. They brought out like inflatable trash cans and stuff on the field when they <laughs> when they played the Astros because of the trash can <laughs> oh, banging. Oh, like, yeah, the that's cheating right. And stuff like that. Um, the fact that you like baseball, I guess, is a good thing. But the fact that you like the the Astros, I mean, you might as well be a Yankees fan at this point. So, uh, or a Cubs fan. Don't be a Cubs fan, please, for the love of God. Oh, yeah. don't yeah, be you a really want to get get Craig going? Hey, you're a Cubs fan, aren't you? <laughs> is your wife still claiming to be a Cubs fan? You know, she hasn't said anything, but I, I'm sure she'll start trash talking here soon. Oh, she will. So, so uh, like like I started to say. Check us out all over social media. Share this video around. Make sure if we will, we will attempt to get call in time this week. Call in because we want to hear your beautiful voices. Yes. Just as much as probably more than you actually want to hear our not so beautiful voices. So call in. That'll start after the the halftime show, the half break, the 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 midpoint break, whatever we call that thing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have time for call-ins. Um again, we are going to be talking some uh, about this whole statement that Biden claimed about the Constitution not being absolute, mm-hmm. amendments not being absolute, whatever, however you want to interpret that. Yeah. We are going to make up our own interpretation of that, I guess, and we're yeah. going to dig into it. We're going to talk some Constitution. Just to warn you people, we are not constitutional lawyers by any stretch. We are not constitutional majors. We are not constitutional experts. So some of the things we say are probably going to be wrong. So if you hear something that's wrong, don't be like, dude, that's that's bullshit. That's wrong. You don't know what you're we don't. We never we've always said on every episode, we don't know what we're talking about. We we do our homework, you know, we we Double check things as much as we can, but yes, we are only human. We are not professionals. No, no, we we do this for fun. So yes. um, we are learning this as we are trying yeah. to so, allow other yeah. people to if learn. If you so catch us saying something, c- call us out. Please call yeah. us out because we don't know everything. We don't know. We know very little, especially when it comes to constitutional law and things like that. So we are we're going to attempt to understand. A little bit about the Constitution and our Bill of Rights and its history tonight. And if something comes up that you don't agree with, call in and let us know. Absolutely. Again, smack, smack it, smack that like and share button, smack them all over the place, smack them really hard. Um, Just like it stole something from you, just smack the shit out of it. Um, Share it around. We're going to get into an intro video, though, because we've overstayed our welcome already. You ready for this, Bill? Let's do it. Let's do it. What did you say? You talking to me? What what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? 
Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Uh, uh, um, did you just say? What did you say? You're talking to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? I was pulling the wrong slider down. I was wondering why the volume wasn't going down. Ah. We're back. <laughs> I'm like sitting here pulling it down. And that's why we're live. That's why um, we don't claim to be professionals, because we're not at all. Um, we're learning this as we go, and you'll see our screw-ups. That That's the fun part about live, is you can see all our fun screw-ups. I'm sitting here like trying to bring the volume down so I can start talking, and... It's just not going down. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with this thing? So, we're back. We are here, and we're ready to get into this episode. Main oh. episode of the week. Absolutely. Weekly, every Mondays, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you didn't know that, we are live. Started, we, we started, what, a month or so ago? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's been about a month that we've about been live. February, sometime yeah. in there. So, And we just found it, you know, it just works better, and... We're able to interact with people if they want to interact with us. Yes, exactly. So, before we get any further, I'm going to play this wonderful clip of Mr. Biden. Yes, and get ready to grab your cackles, because this will get you going. This will definitely. Or it should get you going. Yeah, if this doesn't get you going, I, I'm yeah. very concerned. Let us know if it doesn't so we can talk. Yes. So, let's see here. Here we go. But I also, uh, today, we're taking steps to confront not just the gun crisis, but what is actually a public health crisis. Nothing, nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. There are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We call a freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning of the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. Called so the slaves. idea is just <laughs> All right, let's stop there. Because we will get a copyright <laughs> yeah, first of all, why isn't the, the symbol in sign language for gun this? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, why shouldn't this be gun? Extend, uh, or does that cause problems? Extended <laughs> um, pointer finger ex or like Maybe pointed up thumb. Double. Yeah, <laughs> that should be sign language for gun. Absolutely, which you can't do in school anymore. I don't think. I don't think wow. you're allowed to do that. No, you can't. A, which is really dumb. It's a symbol of violence. Which yes. is that a violation of freedom of I don't speech? No, I would have gotten in trouble, man. Because I sitting in class when the teacher was talking, I was always drawing like these battle pictures of people shooting each other and stuff. I would have gotten. Uh, sent away. Oh, I would have got sent away for far more than that of things that I drew on paper. So um, we won't get into that, though, because I might get committed for 
yes. obvious reasons. Yes. But what do you think about that speech? Well, that, that well clip just that speech. clip right there. First I mean, of all, obviously we can take to, this out of context. Before. Right. But but to to go in and first of all say, well, first of all, what I'm saying is not going to to infringe at all on the Second Amendment. But no amendment is sec- is is absolute. Now, right, right there. <laughs> Is a red flag. Well, right? usually when you have to preface something as, don't think I'm going to go against right, such and right, such, right. immediately most of the Second Amendment yeah. screamers are going to be like, yeah. he's about to do it right yeah. now. Right. <laughs> if, if you have to warn us that, um, don't think this is what I'm doing, they're going to be saying, yeah. here it comes. Right, here right. comes the, the infringement on the Second Amendment. Exactly. Now, now the whole argument about you can't yell fire in a cr- uh, crowded theater, yes, you cannot do that. You can, but then there's legal issues that you're going to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But then to say that from the very beginning, you've never been able to own any weapon you've wanted. And not all people have yes. been able to. Well, well, you can. You could own any weapon that you wanted. There was people that had cannons in their mm-hmm. front yard, right? And not all people. Yes, the people that could not own them were slaves. There were, yeah, there was a term for them. They were called Slaves. Do you think or, if they had guns, they would be slaves? <laughs> and those same people that couldn't have guns weren't considered people. people at they were point. property. Yes, right? they were like deemed at some point yes. like what three two thirds of a yeah. person, just yeah. so yeah, three fifths of, of a person, so they could claim it as a vote. Or yeah. Something. Well. Well. Okay. That that's a little bit more. Com- we'll get there. We're not there yet. <laughs> uh, okay. But but yes, if they had guns, they would not have been slaves. Mm-hmm. They would have probably had their own state. <laughs> and does know, that not say a lot about what he views what, us as? What, we're, what that and what we're going, we're pushing for here is like, well, the people who had guns weren't the slaves. So turn in all your guns, people. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yes. That that's a logical yeah, reason for right. me to turn in my guns. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. you view me as property. <laughs> and the funny thing is when politicians like this go back to. Colonial or like the or um, revolutionary days, and want to make their claims based on the time the Constitution was formed or yeah. post Revolutionary War. It's like, do you recall what just happened right before yeah. the Constitution yeah. or why the Constitution was written? Because they saw their government as a tyrannical government. Yeah. And they overthrew them. Yeah. They got rid of them. They're like, sorry, your asses are gone. We yeah. don't want anything to do with this. You're gone. I'm yeah. sorry. So for them to go back to those times and be like, well, back in these times, uh, you were or were not allowed to do this or that. It's like, well, back in these times, we also threw throughout the government right. we didn't yeah. agree with. Exactly. And they would not have been able to do that if they didn't have weapons. Mm-hmm. Right? So King Joe, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. We have weapons for a reason, and part of that reason is we don't trust your ass because you, of things you say like this. That yeah, the reason we have guns is to keep people in check. Yes, to keep tyrannical governments in check. Yes. That's in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Basically, it's like the basically the liberty, like it's our duty to overthrow yeah. a tyrannical government, yeah. which the Constitution actually bans us from doing. To from going against the government. Right, right. I mean, look at the Civil War. How well that pan out? But <laughs> according to the authors of the Declaration of Independence, which was kind of a precursor yeah. to the Constitution, that was the whole point was to protect ourselves yeah. from a tyrannical government. Right. It wasn't it wasn't for hunting. Yeah. It no. wasn't for sport like no. target shooting. No, it was for 
self-defense. Yeah. That's what it was for. Yeah. And, and it was to to be able to rise up against the tyranny mm-hmm. of a government if needed. Or be. to or to at least keep them in check. Or yes. to keep criminals around you in check. Yeah. That's that's an argument you I think you talked about a couple weeks ago, you had talked to like a former law, or a law enforcement officer mm-hmm. at the gun show, and he was like, "I think everybody should carry." Uh, yeah. Maybe was it you, or maybe it was my father-in-law. It was yeah, my father-in-law, father-in-law that, that, yeah. that said that. He's like, "I wish everybody carried because then um, it would keep the bad people in check. Yeah. You'd right. have far less <laughs> gun crimes well, if everybody had uh, a gun uh, to point back at you." And, and when when nations look at the United States, do you, I mean? Don't you think there's a little fear there that, yes, we have the most powerful military, but also we have the largest population of private gun ownership in the world? But according to the people like Joe Biden, we're a laughingstock because of our gun violence right. and our well, gun crimes and things like that. We're a laughingstock because people are scared shitless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else are they yes. going to do? So in this entire speech, he goes on to give out some of his recommendations. I don't know. Has he signed these into Not yet. Not yet. order yet? Um one of the things that I found interesting, which we heard on the speech here, and they use it anytime there's anything that's a problem that they want to push bullshit laws to push back against. They call it a public health crisis. Right. Yeah. Poverty yeah. is a public health crisis. Right. Climate change is a public health crisis. Right. Gun violence is now a public health crisis. Right. So shouldn't it, um, um, national nationalized health care, shouldn't that cover gun violence then? It should. If it's yeah. a health crisis. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it, yeah. that should cover. So, um, I, I just find it funny whenever they they go out out of their way to be like, "This is a public health crisis." Yeah. Well, but it, it works so well with COVID and being able to shut mm-hmm. things down and regulate people and make them wear masks. So why wouldn't they use public health crisis for everything else where they want to just pass shit through? Well, yeah, because that's what they did with climate change during mm-hmm. COVID. We're right. like, well, another threat to public health yeah. is climate change. That's yeah. a bigger existential threat that stemmed yeah. or was um, exacerbated by COVID or, or the freaking poverty was a public health crisis exacerbated by COVID. Mm-hmm. So now gun violence, I'm sure, has something to do with COVID, too, yeah. because everything t- goes back to COVID-19. Yeah, but some of the some of the proposals he's talking about are um, specifically regulations to ha- homemade guns, which they call ghost guns. Right. Which yeah, you got three D printers. You could have like a home like mill or like a yeah. private mill where you could. Which cut. I, I got something here that we that I found. Okay. And it is the current law concerning homemade guns. Let's hear it. All right. I like the name Ghost Guns better than Homemade Guns. No, I do, too. It sounds sounds so much cooler. It it makes you feel like you can do some real damage. Yes. Ghost Guns. Um, And they they talk about—I know some states have laws. Like California had it, so you have to stamp a serial number on your ghost gun. Um, From what he's saying, I don't know how easy it is to acquire these parts because things I've read— like you have to mill certain parts or print certain right. parts. He's like basically saying you can get all these parts in the mail and assemble a gun and put no, it together, which no. I've heard of like the 80% or 85% guns, which is like basically like raw um, pieces that you can put yeah. together and, and do some some work to put them together. But for the most part, it, if, if you're just a general nobody, it's not that easy if you're, you you right. don't have any kind of gunsmithing but, I mean, skills. Yeah, but you can get books 
in the mail for gunsmithing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, it's possible. Yeah, I understand I mean, that well, it's possible. And, I mean, hell, we, when we were at the gun show, they had this whole little table where you can, you can, just like get parts to build guns. Yeah, but still, certain parts, the lower receiver is always serialized. Yeah, and you is uh, regulated. So according to um, this is from criminaldefenselawyer.com. Sounds reputable, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, it says, As long as the firearm is not for sale and the individual is not otherwise prohibited from possessing a firearm like a convicted felon, a, a person can create a homemade firearm without being subject to a background check, and that firearm does not have to be registered with any governmental or law enforcement agency. Okay. Uh, Okay. It doesn't have to be regulated? It does not need to be registered, as long as the person is not selling the weapon. Okay. So if they're just making it for their own personal use, they're allowed to do it. And that's federal law? Yes. But like I said, I know some states are regulating it more. Yeah. Which, again, if we've said time and time again, if states have their own laws... Yeah, the the only difference to that... Okay, and this is the Gun Control Act from 1968. This is federal law. Okay, so but the only state that has a, a law that that is different to that or contradicts that is uh, California has a law that requires new and existing guns to be registered. Okay, through the state. So, so but and, well, yeah, and then California was when I said that was attempting to have you stamp your ghost gun with a serial number so you right. could register it because right. you can't really register a gun that's not serialized. Right. Yeah. Because and that's the whole problem. They want to be able to track all the guns. They want to be able to. Yeah. Um, like see where everything's going and moving around and some of the the things that were suggested that he put as executive orders were like um registering all assault style rifles right. with the ATF so it's tracked more rigorously and yeah. whether buying or selling it or whatever which a lot of states are knocking that shit down yeah. or ahead of time right um we we've read about several states that are with these gun control measures or uh, what was it, the COVID passports. Right. You're seeing like a division of states where a yeah. lot of states are passing or trying to pass laws where they're not allowing state yeah. um, officials to actually um, enforce these laws. Right. So yeah. it's like if you want to make a federal law, you better send yeah. some federal people in to, to enforce it because we're yeah. not going to enforce it. I was just talking to my sister a little bit a while ago and she was talking about, uh, you know, COVID vaccine passports you know and and how you know flying from different states and whatever and i was like well yeah but iowa you know they the governor is pushing. passing a ban yeah. against vaccine passports right. yeah so, so i mean it's a state-by-state thing which it should be a state-by-state thing yeah. so we got ghost guns they're wanting to regulate ghost guns some people are saying they want to ban ghost guns what is going to lead to the highest amount, the most most rapid production of homemade guns. What do you think would would cause people to go create the most homemade guns? Probably the president saying that you can't have homemade guns. <laughs> or gun laws in general. Gun oh, laws in general, right, right. like gun bans, would immediately lead to mass production of homemade yeah, guns. Yeah. It, they're hard to regulate. They're they're nearly impossible to regulate. Look at prohibition. We're going to talk more about a little yeah. about prohibition later on because this kind of ties into here. Like when you 
when you prohibit someone, or look at the war on drugs, war okay. on drugs right. or prohibition. What happened? Crime rates spiked. Right. The sales of illegal alcohol spiked. Yeah. You don't think the sales or production of illegal or homemade well, guns would spike well, immediately? <laughs> when I and you and I talked, and it was my conspiracy theory is that maybe the Dem Democrats are actually getting a cutback from gun companies because it seems like whenever they start talking gun control, all of a sudden gun prices and, Sky and go gun through sales the roof. go. Yeah, yeah. Look how many people, how many new gun, millions of new yeah. gun owners from just. Last year, within yeah. the last twelve months, millions of increase of new gun owners. Not like current gun owners that are like, "No, you're not going to come take my guns," and they're stocking up like overstock. No, we're talking millions of yeah. new, brand new right. gun owners and, and ammunition. Yeah, I mean, you're I mean, looking you at a, a, a dollar to a dollar quarter uh, a bullet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's insane. Yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me if they had some kind of kickback from the. Uh, gun I mean, companies. <laughs> it would be genius. Like, watch <laughs> this. We just start talking yeah. gun control. People go crazy yeah. buying guns. I mean, the NRA they get they act like they're a little pissed off. Uh -huh. But you know, at, at the end of the day, they have stock and bullets. Hell, yes. I would. Right. Shit. <laughs> so, more of his proposals, um, regulating. Pistol stabilizing braces. So right. yeah, see, they like, say it makes a gun more accurate. Well, it, and I agree, it kind of does. And I've it always does. said it's kind of stupid that this AR pistol with a pistol brace is considered something different from right. an AR with a buttstock. Yet, I mean, they're not the same thing. I get that they're not yeah. the same thing. And he's basically saying that like an AR style pistol with a pistol brace has to be registered as a short barrel rifle, right. which is in fact regulated by the ATF. Yeah. Short barrel rifles that can be concealed are regulated by the ATF. Right. So that's why if if it's I can, I can't remember the exact dimensions. If you get a under like ten inch barrel or something like that, it has to be registered. So there. And I think um, wasn't it the was it the Colorado shooter? Yes, that's what this. Oh, okay, from. I was, was going to say Colorado a pistol with the uh, stack. So yeah, they're they're trying to cut back on the concealment of assault rifles, right. the scary assault rifles. Right. Which, um, yes, it sucks that shit like that happened. Right. But taking away the pistol brace is yeah. not going to stop right. people from doing bad shit because right. people could go in then with a pistol or just take the brace off of your AR pistol, right. and then you still have. A pistol. a pistol, which is going to do more damage than a stock. <laughs> yes. So, whatever, whatever you want, whatever your opinion is on this, that that's not the the point here. It's the whole precedent that they're setting here. Because once you once you get this ball rolling, right. once you start saying things like the Constitution, none of the amendments are absolute. Right. That's when things get crazy. And he's also proposing the other big proposal is red flag laws. That's the right. scary part. We yeah. talked about these a lot with uh, Carrie Sloan because yeah. um, basically, if you have any sort of mental health well issue, and, and it's beyond that because anybody that has a concern about you can report you, and then all of a sudden you're on a list of yeah. red flags. So, like if you have a neighbor that you pissed off, right, and they want to, they really want to get your goat. Yeah, they they report you on the and you're on this list, so then you can't get a gun. Yeah, right. Or you, they can come in and take your guns. Yeah, with some red right. flag laws. Yeah. With you don't have to commit a crime if you're on this list. They can come into your house yeah. and take take your guns. And, and, and their reasoning is, oh well, this person may be suicidal. They don't shouldn't really want to have a gun. But if you're suicidal, do you really need to have a gun? No, I mean, no, there's other ways to, to off it. yourself. Yeah, 
there's probably easier, cheaper ways to off yourself. For Have real. you seen the price of bullets? Yeah, right. <laughs> Who wants to spend that much money on killing themselves? Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I lost my train of thought. But <laughs> the whole concept of being able to go in and take somebody's guns before they've committed a crime, yeah, that opens up a weird, dark door, dark path that just throws so many constitutional rights out the right. window that don't even have anything right. to do with the Second Amendment. Yeah, because... Your right to search, uh, reasonable search, right. like not having search and seizure right. without a warrant, warrantless yeah. search and seizure. Yeah. Uh, that goes out the window. Your protection against quartering of soldiers yes. out the window. Yeah. And as we'll see with the Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights is really, it's a limitation of what the government can mm-hmm. do. You know, it, it's a protection for the people and it tells the government, look, you can't do this. And to say that any of those are not absolute is scary shit. Mm-hmm. Well, let's. Uh, I have this article digging a little more into um, Joe Biden's little <laughs> debacle there. His sure. his his speech. Could you imagine being a sign language interpreter for Joe Biden? That's. I wanted to say that earlier. And you I you got to be a professional. I mean, th- th- I wonder is there a major leagues for sign language? Because they would need that person. <laughs> what sign language for words that Joe Biden is making up? So this is from the New York Post. This is titled, Biden declares no amendment to the Constitution is absolute as he rolls out his gun measures, which we kind of saw a little clip of. So it says, Biden on Thursday announced a slew of new gun control measures after a recent pair of high-profile mass shootings. You know why they're high-profile? Because Because the media made them high-profile and insisted the Second Amendment doesn't grant an absolute right to own guns. Biden presented the executive action in the Rose Garden um, by... Joined by Attorney General Merrick Garland and Vice President Kamala Harris. No amendment to the Constitution is absolute, Biden maintained, pointing to the famous Supreme Court ruling that you can't yell fire in a crowded theater as part of the First Amendment's free speech clause. Says um, th- This is where he said that from the beginning you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to, which is basically not true. Um says, from the very beginning the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons, which is scary that he would even suggest that. Right. Because slaves, once again. Right. Um, It says, the most widely anticipated measure instructs the Justice Department to issue a proposed regulation within 30 days to undermine the at-home manufacture of so-called ghost guns. This is all the stuff we've already talked about. Right. There was some more stuff about, um, about his statement there. I'm trying to find... Maybe not. Maybe I got the wrong wrong article. That's mm. all right. Anyway, he, he's just talking a lot about, um, like it says, cities across the country experience historic spikes and homicides. As law enforcement can tell you, the violence is hitting black and brown communities the hardest. Homicide is the leading cause of death of black boys and men ages 15 to 34, Biden says. There are programs... Usually by other black and brown People. But we don't report on those. No. Um, there are programs have demonstrated that they can reduce homicides by up to 60% in urban communities, and many of these have been badly underfunded or not funded as of late. And uh, doesn't isn't Chicago have some of the strictest gun laws yeah. in the country? You know, and they Colorado also have the does. highest. Yeah. Colorado, that, that's the funny thing they never point out is right. usually the places these shootings are yeah. have these. And these most of them, I'm going to say, were illegal weapons. Mm-hmm. So not weapons that were legally obtained. Right. Well, as far as far as the Colorado shooter, that was legally obtained. 
But again, through strict mm-hmm. and the fact that we're making this argument that they have the strictest is scary to me because then somebody will be like, well, then let's make them even stricter right, because right. even the strict laws aren't working. So yeah. let's just get rid of them all together. So anyway, it, it doesn't say what I thought it did. I, I must have pulled up the wrong article. But oh. it's basically talking about the whole concept of um, your constitutional rights not being absolute or the the amendments not being absolute. Basically, the article I was say, reading said, just like he was saying how the, the First Amendment, your free speech, like you can't just say whatever you want without consequence. Right. And then, but then it gets to the Second Amendment, which is by far the most contested amendment of all oh, yeah. the amendments of any of them. Because what other, what other amendment, like, do you have to have a background check, federal background check, to say something? <laughs> you know, first, first to right. guarantee your free speech. Right. I mean, it has the most restrictions on it already. Yeah. Right. Over out of all the rest of them, you can say that none of the rest are. Completely absolute, but for the most part, minus a few things. This is the article here. Minus a few, like, little things that you can (laughs) point at, like free speech, like this whole you can't yell fire in a theater. For the most part, they're pretty absolute. Yeah. This article, this is the one I wanted. Sorry. Um, I will get on my game. And real quick, uh, when we were uh, doing our research, there was a video I had watched, and uh, this, it was this... um, this college professor, and he came out and said the same thing. He's like, the Bill of Rights, it, it's it's civil liberties, and but none of these are absolute. And so that's something that I almost feel like is is being pushed, yeah, to, to make people think that that look, these aren't absolute; they can be changed at any time. Well, again, like like I said, people are taking this, and Joe Biden basically said he's not saying that they can be taken at any time, but it's not without consequence. Right. But the first thing that enters a person's mind, like us, like anybody else who heard it, takes it as they can be taken away at any time. Right. So if they keep pounding this in your head, it, it's not absolute. It's not absolute. And mo- more and more people start to think, hey, this can be taken away. I mean, look at the right. 18th Amendment, uh, yeah. the Prohibition Amendment. It got right. taken away just as, as quickly as it was yeah. implemented. Right. You get that going on in people's head, then they start to realize or start to believe at least that, well, maybe these aren't inalienable rights or basic civil liberties after all. These are these are granted to us by right, yeah, our and, our and, government, and that's what they want you to think is that yeah. yes, your your rights are given to you by the government, and you should be thankful, servant, and because they are a generous God. Yes, and yeah. and that is not. At all, what the founding fathers Mm-mm. were coming there. No, your rights are endowed to you by your creator, and nobody can take those away from yes. you. And um, the Bill of Rights was protections from the federal government. That's what mm-hmm. they were. And I'm going to get into that. I wanted to hit on this little article really fast, though. This is the one I meant to pull up. This is from National Review. It says, uh, the Bill of Rights doesn't have to be absolute to have teeth. So it's obviously in response to his quote. Um, It says, David responds, it doesn't say who David is, it says, David responds to Joe Biden's claim that no amendment in the Constitution is absolute. It says, there are already tens of thousands of laws governing individual gun ownership in the United States. Like I said, this is the most regulated of the amendments 
right. hands down. Yeah. This is the one that has the most laws regulating it already. It says, there are more laws restricting this guaranteed individual right than any other in the Constitution. The notion that gun ownership is absolute or anything in the proximity of absolute is preposterous beyond words. Imagine your freedom of speech being contingent on an FBI background check, though maybe we shouldn't give progressives any ideas, he says. Right. So basically what he's saying is there's no no where no claim that yeah. this is absolute because it's already so overly regulated yeah. is the least absolute of all the amendments so for him to come out and be like well, come on man why why do you think this is an absolute uh, um, amendment yeah. um nothing's absolute and this guy is basically saying it's preposterous to even think that it's yeah. absolute. Well, but when you look at the things that they say are rights, though, right? Yeah. They say, like, um, education is a right. Mm, healthcare. healthcare is a right. That um, home ownership is a right, right? These are things that also do not require any kind of government regulation, mm-hmm. right? Except for they Taxes. would probably would like them to be, mm. you know? It says, David is right, of course, but what annoys me the most about this claim is that it is— totally irrelevant to the question of whether Biden's plans are legitimate. Invariably, people who say that a right isn't absolute are not trying to determine the proper scope of the right so much as they are trying to skip a step by implying that if some regulation is permissible, then all regulation is permissible. And right. that's that's the point there. That's the precedent we're setting. If, if you're trying to push this idea that rights aren't absolute to say that re- we can regulate this because it's not absolute. The the bottom yeah. line is you are probably trying to say that we can regulate this as much as we want to. Right, absolutely. And that's, that's what this guy is saying. It says the line is most egregiously deployed in debates over speech. At a bleeding edge, the First Amendment does indeed allow a few restrictions on speech, but they are so narrow in practice that to observe that the right isn't absolute is to say nothing of use. So basically saying there's so few restrictions on speech right. that you can't actually say right. that it's not absolute. Says, sure, the First Amendment isn't unlimited. That doesn't mean that you get arrested or that you get to arrest people who offend you yet, yet. until hate speech right. laws come out. I was going to say and sure, the Second Amendment isn't unlimited either. That doesn't mean that Joe Biden gets to confiscate the most commonly owned rifle in the United States. These prev- these provisions are there to make it difficult for government to act. They would not be especially especially useful if they could be defeated by pointing out the falsity of claims that nobody is actually making. Basically, he's saying nobody is saying this is absolute right. or unregulated. What we are saying is these are here to make it difficult for you to do the things you're trying to do. Right. So that was the article I wanted to read there that was pointing out how this whole claim basically isn't it's it it's again what he's not saying it, he's saying it's not absolute but what he's really saying is we can regulate whatever the fuck we want to. Right. Yeah. And this guy is coming out saying no you can't because that's not what the intended purpose right. of this was. If it was then the constitution wouldn't have been set up so that it was so difficult to change amendments right. or to amend the Constitution. Yeah, and but that's when you get to, you know, the the role of the Supreme Court, where mm-hmm. the Supreme Court is there to judge the constitutionality of, of different laws, and that's one of the reasons why he wants to pack the courts mm-hmm. is so that they can choose what is and what isn't constitutional. Then at that point. Yeah, yeah, and I have some stuff about him packing the courts. Yeah. I think I was going to talk more in the second half about. Sure, no because, problem. Because, again, um, 
pretty much the Supreme Court has taken on the role of de- declaring things constitutional or not. Right. So if and they can they'll declare a an executive order constitutional or not. So if you pack the courts on your side, right. you can pretty much make whatever claim well, you want and, to. And that's the problem is you get these these judges now, these ac- activist judges that try to legislate from the bench. So it's not it's not just determining constitutionality, it's setting law based on what th- they can and can't do to make something constitutional. Mm-hmm. So a little background on the Second Amendment. It was, um, according to Wikipedia, which is the most reliable source, it's my go-to, the Second Amendment was based partially on the right to keep and bear arms in the English common law and was influenced by the English Bill of Rights of 1689. Sir William Blackstone described this right as an auxiliary auxiliary right. Holy crap, I can't talk tonight. Uh, Supporting the natural rights of self-defense and resistance to oppression. Does that sound at all like you can have the right to have hunting rifles right. and sporting rifles? Right, yeah. And single-shot mm-hmm. rifles. No, this ca- came from—it was copied from this English Bill of Rights where <laughs> this guy said you have the natural right, not the right mm-hmm. given to you by your government, natural right to self-defense and resistance to oppression. Right. And the civic duty to act in— Concert in defense of the state. So that's where the militia comes in. Right. Or as people say, well, that's that's the, the National Guard's the militia. And we're not talking about right. private militias. Yeah. Any labels of rights as auxiliary must be viewed in the context of the inherent purpose of a Bill of Rights, which is to empower a group with the ability to achieve a mutually desired outcome and not to necessarily enumerate or rank the importance of rights. Thus, all rights enumerated in a constitution are thus auxiliary in the eyes of Sir William Blackstone because all rights are only as good as they ex- as the extent they are exercised in fact a lot of this that sentence there i mean it's it was hard for me to understand but it basically said to me that no rights are more important than other rights when it comes to a bill of rights right so if you're trying to say that freedom of speech is super duper important and the freedom of the press and the freedom of the re- religion then number 2 the right to bear arms is just as equally important. None of them stands above the rest. They are all like on the same playing field. Right. You can't take one and throw out the other. Right. And I find it interesting when I'm looking up the Bill of Rights um, and where it came from. I have an article from the ACLU and other other groups like this, and they're always pointing out it guarantees your right to the press and the free speech, and it usually always glosses over the Second Amendment part mm-hmm. and moves on to, like, three and four. And it's oh, just like, sure. this one's here, though. It's right here. Just beca- I mean, it is a little bit more vague than yeah. some of the others, but, but the, it's here. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the story of the, the, the Bill of Rights in itself, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, there was a number of people in the Founding Fathers that did not want a Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. You know, so that well, it came down to there was a split. There was Federalists, right, and Anti-Federalists, and one group was so like against like big federal government that they said we need the Bill of Rights here to it added to the Constitution because the Constitution took a while to ratify because people the Constitution all the articles basically broke down the structure of the government and what the government. Like certain branches of the government were allowed to do, and who like the checks and balance system and all that stuff, 
but it didn't actually have anything like protecting the individuals right. from the federal government. Right. So you had some people on one side that said, we don't need a Bill of Rights because anything not covered by the Constitution goes back to the states, right. which we've said time and time again. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side, you had a group that was so afraid of big government because mm-hmm. of what happened with England, right. uh, with them being a colony of England, was they wanted the Bill of Rights added. So these were set protections of the individual from right. the federal the government. government. Yeah. So and, and they want, certain states wouldn't ratify unless a Bill of Rights was added. Mm-hmm. So that's where the Bill of Rights came from. Like you said, um, the a little bit of background about that. I had a quote from Thomas Jefferson regarding that. He said, a Bill of Rights, this was during this time when they were trying to decide whether or not they should yeah. add it. He said, a Bill of Rights is what the people are entitled to against every government on earth, general or particular, and what no just government should refuse. This is the Bill of Rights. This is the first ten amendments, one through ten. Yeah. You write to free speech. You write to um, speedy trial by jury. Right. No laws um, uh, concerning um, religion. Yes. And? The right to keep and bear arms. Yeah. And they can't regulate the press. And they can't regulate the press. Yeah. Which, <laughs> okay, um, they they haven't federally regulated the press, but you know the press is in their pockets. Right. So where does that come into the Constitution? Well, That's yeah. for another day, That's though. Exactly. Well, and also, um, one of the things I, that I had seen was um, the Fifth Amendment says that— um, no no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that um, the— and, and The again, red flag the, laws. Right, red flag laws. Right, exactly. What's interesting is that it wasn't until the 14th Amendment where they actually get in on the state's territory and say, no state shall make an enforcement or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States— nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal pr- protection of the laws. Mm-hmm. So that that's when, the one time that those start crossing the lines to the states. Yeah. And that was due to, um, to after the Civil War and the, um, the loss of slavery. Not the loss, but the, the um, getting ab- rid of slavery. Abolition of slavery. Of slavery. Right. Interesting fact about the Second Amendment, you're talking about like passing on to the states and things like that. There was a shift, and I, I, I mean, I was younger. I didn't really pay attention to the government and things like that Yeah. in my early days. There was a shift of Second Amendment in about 2008, I think it was, because— When Obama became president? Yeah, well, it, it changed because before um, it was seen as— and this is what you'll see all the anti, the the more pro gun laws people like pushing because for hundreds of years it was basically because it says shall not be infringed on. So it's basically the government cannot make any laws and the federal government can't make any laws infringing on your right to bear arms. Right. So it's basically left to the states. Well, then in two thousand eight. This court case came up. It was um, Heller versus somebody. I can't remember. 
There's this big Supreme Court, United States versus Miller. Nope, that was 1939. I'll get my shit together. It was Heller versus somebody, probably United States. Basically, a change to, and that um, you have a fed, a constitutional right to own a gun. And that's when all the states had to pass some sort of gun law, gun law, some right. sort of like concealed carry law, all those things. Right. So it basically went for from the government just keeping their hands out of it to this is a protected right of yours. And uh, people argue that this would this came stemmed from um, all the lobbying of the NRA and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's basically seen as a big, like, fraudulent thing that, no, you, you're not guaranteed a right. It's basically saying the federal government will not infringe upon your right based on— basically, it goes back to the state. What's your thoughts of that? Do you think, like, th- those two viewpoints, you have one side where they basically saw it as the federal government's not going to step in and do anything right. and not, is not going to take your guns away, but— the states can do it. On the other hand, you have more 21st century where they're saying, no, it is your God-given right to carry a gun. Right. Yeah. And I think that... Um, Put you on the spot. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I I think that... Um, because Personally, it, I think that, a sta- that an individual should have the God-given right to carry a weapon. However, I don't think the federal government should make any law concerning weapons. I think that, however, a state could. They shouldn't, but they could. So if a state said, say like Illinois or New York or some of these stricter states said, no more guns, and the Supreme Court stepped in and said, you can't do that. Are you against the Supreme Court? The federal government. The federal government, though. The Supreme Court's the federal government saying, you as a state, you can't regulate guns. Right. Isn't that stepping on the toes of the state's laws? It is, yes, but at the same token, I think that um I, I This is a gray area. It is this a gray is, area. Because, because when I read this, I was just like, ah fuck. Because well, we're always pro like it is. states' rights so, versus but, Okay, let's take for instance the issue uh, of slavery. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, wasn't it the same type of thing? Yeah. So it was state-by-state basis, Lincoln came out and said, no, we're doing away with this. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. You have so much time to decide your economy without it. And they said, fuck that. We're we're throwing down. We're going to do this. And they ended up going to war. Right. So, but wouldn't that be the same thing? Yeah, you would think so. So So to say one but not say the other, you're kind of being a hypocrite. Right. So, so it, but but we we both agree slavery is wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, but for the government to come out and say you can't do this is something that we both would agree is wrong, right? Right. So it's same thing with guns. To say that you guys can't have guns anymore, we would say it's wrong. Yeah. But it's in that case, it's a double negative because we also think that this government should not or federal should not tell the state. You can't do this. Yes. So it, it's it really is a difficult it's area. Very gray area. What's your opinion on this? If you're listening, if you're watching right now, what's your opinion? Let us know because this is a really murky area where yeah. you get into either a. I mean, obviously there's gray area in between, but on one side, you have the right 
like what, what did I call it? A natural right to self defense, right. yeah. natural right to own a gun. Yeah. But on the other side, should the federal government be allowed to tell a state, hey, you can't tell them they can't own a right. gun? And it was uh, it was D.C. versus Heller. There you go. In which the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution protects an individual's right to keep and bear arms unconnected with service in a militia for traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home and that the District of Columbia's handgun ban and requirement that lawfully owned rifles and shotguns be kept unloaded and disassembled or bound by a trigger lock violated this guarantee. <laughs> okay. So I I mean I don't I don't see trigger locks as violating this guarantee but um I don't know I I it personally no <laughs> I, I still don't know yeah no I mean again I I don't think I think people should have a right to to keep and bear arms I don't think that um they should be restricted mm-hmm. by that no um, I don't either how how obviously. a state regulates that I think is up to the state. But I don't think they should infringe on that right. Right. No, okay. I, I agree. Um, so here's the wording, the exact wording. It's like the shortest amendment, too. So it, <laughs> right. it, that's why Clear it's so vague. Yeah. But it, it, it it's very vague. This is why you can dance around this and play both sides of this, because this is the wording. It says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So people say all the time, this is just in regards to militia. Then why wouldn't it be worded the right of the people of the militia to keep and bear arms? It, right. it specifically says the right of the people to keep right. and bear arms. And I mean, you can argue semantics all you want. Yes, this is one sentence, and you can break this down like, well, this is a, like a subject and a verb and a, right, you know right, right. the action and like break yeah. this down. There, um, this is like a uh, the object of that or whatever, whatever the grammar is grammatically breaking this down and be like, no, this well, is the object of them talking about the militia. I, and I, I think you really have to take it. You you nailed it on the head with the English common law definition mm-hmm. that it was in order for self-defense. Yeah. And you can't claim self-defense in a militia. That's no, not right, self-defense. Right, right. But it, that's state defense. Exactly. Exactly. But it was also to fight against oppression and tyranny. Yes. And, and I, that right there explains it. That's the difference right there. Yeah. And I can see that part even going back to a militia to fight against the tyrannical federal yeah. government. But the whole self-defense, right to self-defense part, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to depend on a militia for self-defense. Right. If somebody's breaking yeah. into your house, you're going to call up your local militia, right. the National Guard, and be like, yeah. hey, hey guys, somebody's breaking into my house. Right. Can you go on? No, that, that's yeah. not it. And, and the other part of that is you really have to look at where the country was uh, up until the Civil War. A state was essentially a citizen's country. Yes. Right? You were a citizen of Virginia. You were a citizen of of, of Georgia, right? You weren't a citizen necessarily of the United States. Mm-hmm. Your your state was your your allegiance. Yeah. Right? But then after the Civil War, then things we started became federalized. They mm-hmm. became more centralized after that, and that's when the allegiance became to the country over the state. Right. Um, I, I love the argument when people are like, well, you have it to, to fight, you know, what you think is a tyrannical government, which people think are ridiculous. They yeah. they don't they think it's so ridiculous that you think 
that you need to protect yourself against the government. Yeah, that's an absolutely ridiculous concept. Look at all the tyrannical governments out there that started as democracies right. and became tyrannical governments. Yeah, and, well, and then the other argument is, do you really think that you would stand the chance against the government, if need be? But if you look at the stats, 44% of the nation owns guns. Yeah. Okay? There are 393 million privately owned weapons in the United States. That's 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 a, lot. a fucking hell of a <laughs> military right there. That's a lot. If you could get them all on the same page, well, that's the a problem, thing. Yeah. So, back to the Bill of Rights. This this is a little bit more uh, history of the Bill of Rights, which surprisingly or not surprisingly, the Second Amendment is part of Again, these are all equal playing field. Not one, one is not supposed to be less than the other and, or more regulated than the other. And it's important to look at the fact that First Amendment, freedom of speech, yeah, freedom of religion, freedom, freedom of press. press, freedom to assemble. Second Amendment. Second one. Yeah. That's that's how important it is. Yeah, it's it the was, second <laughs> thing that they thought of. They're like, well, <laughs> we should allow people shouldn't allow people to be thrown in jail for saying things yeah. that we don't like. Number two, well, we should let them have guns. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it seemed pretty important. Yeah. So um this section of this article, this comes from the ACLU.org. So this is talking about the um the whole Bill of Rights, not specifically the Second Amendment, but the Bill of Rights. It, this this paragraph says, Early American mistrust of government power came from the colonial experience itself. Most historians believe that the pivotal event was the Stamp Act, pa- passed by English Parliament in 1765. Taxes were imposed on every legal and business document. Newspapers, books, and pamphlets were also taxed. We all we know about the stamp tax. People our age, at least, have learned about yeah. stamp tax and the the Boston Tea Party and all that that stuff. Um, I don't know if they still teach it or not. Uh, it says even more than the taxes themselves, the Americans resented the fact that they were imposed by a distant government in which they were not represented, and they were further enraged by the ways in which the Stamp Act was enforced. Armed with writs of assistance issued by Parliament, British. Uh, customs inspectors entered people's homes even if they had no evidence of a Stamp Act violation. Red flag laws of stamps, I guess. (laughs) And ransacked people's belongings in search of contraband. The colonialists came to hate these warrantless searches, and they became a rallying point for the opposition to British rule. From these experiences came a uniquely American point or American view of power and liberty as natural enemies. So, um, this is where the whole concept right. of too much federal power negates civil liberties. Right. So they're, they're natural enemies. The nation's founders believed that containing the government's power and protecting liberty was their most important task and declared a new purpose of, for government, the protection of individual rights. Mm-hmm. Individual rights. So right. if this is the Bill of Rights... And it is a response to the government seeing the purpose of the government to protect individual rights. Then the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, is an individual right. Right. That I mean, you can't argue that if you're right. making this claim that the government's purpose back then was to protect individual rights, then all of these partain. Right. The first ten amendments partain to individual rights. Absolutely. The protection of rights was not the government's only purpose. It was still expected to protect the community against foreign and domestic threats, ensure economic growth, 
and conduct foreign affairs. It was not, however, the government's job to tell people how to live their lives, what religion to believe in, or what to write about in a pamphlet or newspaper. In this sense, the idea of individual rights is the oldest and most traditional of American values. Again, the argument goes back to, this is the militia thing. It says, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Yeah. So again, if individual rights is oldest and most traditional American value, you got to say that this pertains to individual rights. Absolutely. It talks about certain inalienable rights, which are in... um, the uh, Declaration, Declaration of Independence. Independence. Uh, so democracy and liberty are often thought to be the same thing, but they're not. Uh, democracy means people ought to be able to vote for public officials in fair elections and make most political decisions by majority rule. Liberty, which is very American, mm-hmm. oldest tradition, like we said, liberty means that even in a democracy, individuals have rights that no majority should be able to take away. Yeah. So the... If liberties, if the Bill of Rights was in response to liberties, the majority shouldn't be able to take these away. You shouldn't Absolutely. be able to vote these out. Yeah, and you really have to take the Declaration of Independence with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I mean, yeah. it's a three-part document, right? The yeah. Constitution is because of the Declaration. It, it it is in response to us standing up to the tyranny we saw from England, mm-hmm. and the Bill of Rights is meant to protect us from tyranny of any further government going forward yeah it, it's it's part of the social contract that john locke it, you know talked about the the philosopher mm-hmm. you know that that we have a social contract with our government yeah right their job is to provide protection and basically an equal playing field and we support them as our leader as long as they don't overstep their bounds uh-huh. the moment they overstep their bounds they're gone they're gone they're done yeah Nope, I agree. Um, the same article I want to cut back to for just a second because it's interesting how how they word this. Because this last this paragraph here at the end, the last sentence says the entire Bill of Rights was created to protect rights the organi- or the original citizens believed were naturally theirs. Mm-hmm. But then it says, including freedom of religion, freedom of speech, press, petition, and assembly, privacy, due process of law. Equality before the law. That's what it lists. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. But again, nowhere in here do they mention the right to bear arms. Mm. Even though the sentence before says, protect rights the original citizens believed were naturally theirs. Yeah. But for some reason, conveniently, they exclude number two in the Bill Mm -hmm. of Rights. Because it says the entire Bill of Rights, the entire right. Bill of Th- Rights. And that's that's the Wikipedia article. No, this is the ACLU article. Oh, got it. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting that they they keep that one out because it has so much contention. It's right. people go back and forth on the wording of it, but for them to say the entire Bill of Rights, for them to intentionally leave right. out the right to keep and bear arms. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think that was an accident. No, I don't that think was, so either. But but you can't say all of these are natural rights, but number yeah. two isn't when it's in the same Bill of Rights. Yeah. Number two, yeah. again, like you said. So I, I, I just well, found that really But would that be included in, say, the the right to privacy? Right to... Well, work. they specifically mentioned the right to free, unwarranted, and unwanted government intrusion into personal and private affairs, paper, and possession. So, yeah, but it doesn't say... 
anywhere that you have the right to right. own that property. Yeah. So it's just it's funny how they omit things mm-hmm. because they don't want to offend somebody. They don't want to step on people's toes or they don't want somebody to come back and point to this and be like, see, the ACLU said this is one right. of our rights. Right. Yeah. But it is. They, they are saying it without saying it because right. they are saying the entire they right. said the entire Bill of Rights was created to protect natural natural rights. Right. So it is your natural right based on the founding fathers of the United mm-hmm. States, your natural individual right to keep and bear arms. I mean, if if you're going to say some of them are, then you have to say they all are. Yeah. Otherwise, just get rid of it. Throw it out. But then all of these rights can get thrown out. That's right. the scary part. Right. If you want to talk about, oh, well, we could just uh, make an amendment to get rid of the Second Amendment. Well, mm-hmm. who's to say we can't make an amendment to get rid of free speech? Right. Well, but and that's something that you see in the government today. Number one is, again— they provide you with mm-hmm. your laws, right? The second one is they are no longer concerned about the liberty of the individual. Yeah. They are more concerned with the protection of the collective. Yeah. What's good for the majority rather than what's good for the individual. And you see that in the younger generation. Right. They're constantly, I mean, the whole thing about masks has been about, well, it's good. It's what's good for everybody else. Right. Right. Get vaccinated. You see that all over the place. Get vaccinated for the, the person next to you. Yeah, for get, grandma. Right. Do, get do vaccinated for your neighbor, you know, for the person at the supermarket. Do what's good for the best. Right. For everybody. I mean, it's 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 no longer concerned with the the liberty of the individual. Right. And, and that's where people like you and I, people that, you know, maybe we're the older generation, we're the generation going out, which scares the shit out of me for my kids, mm-hmm. that we still think that the liberty for the individual should be above what's good of the collective. Yeah. Yeah. But again, the, the Bill of Rights went back to the individual level. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was... To for individual protections against the government, it was for, and as we read that one sentence said, your liberties cannot be taken away by the majority. Right. That's the difference between liberty and democracy. Yeah. They These rights that are declared as liberties, if you want to declare them as liberties, majority can't take them away from you. Right. For you now. can't have it voted out. Well, for now. Because you saw in, um, what was it, uh, I remember when Obama was president. I'm trying to think about what the issue was. And they were trying to talk to uh, they were trying to the, the press was asking Obama why he couldn't just make something happen. And maybe it was uh, illegal immigration, like why he couldn't just declare people legal, yeah. right? And and he said, "Well, unfortunately, uh the Bill of Rights prevents me from doing that." Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately yeah. I'm limited by the constitution with yeah. what I can do. Right. And the fact that he looks at that as a, a, a for you know a forbearance, a, a hindrance to to what's good for the country, is scary because you see Obama or uh, Biden now, and he's trying to correct everything that Obama didn't do. Yeah, and part of that is he's looking at the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, as 
again, it, it's a hindrance. It's a blocking for what he's trying to do, what's good for the collective. Mm-hmm. And when he talks about these laws not being absolute, it's because he's he's trying to find a way around them yeah. because it's what's good for the collective. Well, that's what executive order is, finding right. your way around the Constitution. Yeah. And I want to talk in the second half more about executive order. Is that even constitutional executive mm-hmm. order? Was that a constitutional power given to the executive branch to just declare things as executive orders. And so we're, we're going to dig into that. We're going to dig into some more threats against like the Second Amendment and stuff. We're going to get into break here in just a minute. Amendment? In just a minute. You got an amendment on the mind. I, I do. I wanted to, to, to say that when Biden made this first statement, obviously we're pissed off. You and I were both pissed oh, off. Yeah. I think I'm we not- texted <laughs> each other and we're like, Fuck that. Yeah, my, my mind was like, fuck that. No president's absolute. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. My response, and I posted this on Facebook as my response. The entire Constitution is completely subjective. If you allow it to be. Like, you can, the whole thing can be thrown out the window. Right. If you allow it to be. That is, that's the defining thing there. All these amendments can be gotten rid of if you allow them to be because this is a democracy and or beyond democracy. These are your liberties. And we've said this time and time again, if you don't declare your liberties or or hold on to your liberties, they can be taken away from you just as easily as you allow them to. So the whole Constitution is subjective if you allow it to be. Also, the whole Constitution is as solidly binding and unchangeable if you allow it to be. It's basically up to you because this is the, like we the people. That was the, the whole right. preamble started with we the people in order to right. more perfect union. form a more perfect union. We the people. We the people put these people in power that are wanting to take this away. So yes, it is None of these are absolute. They're only as absolute as we allow them to be. So if if you're pissed off at this, you have the power to change this. So um, that that was my response to that. And I mean, people came back and they're like, blah, 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 and legal this and legal that. Then I, I don't I'm not talking legality of it. Right. I'm not talking the founding father. No, it, it's basically it is exactly what I said. It's only as subjective as as we the people allow it to be. Right. It's only as changing as we the people allow it to be. So if you don't want them changing all this shit, don't allow it. Right. Because these are your rights, your natural rights based on the founding fathers of, of what we are given. The right to be able to have free speech and free press and own guns and all that stuff. Natural rights. Right. Given to us by our creator. So... That's all I got to say about that. I mean, I, I could go on a, a tangent like, so how far do we allow this to go? If they come out with gun laws, if it's our natural right, if the government says no, it's our natural right. right. How hard do you push back? In that respect, all the way. Right. All the way. Yeah. I mean, if they come out and say, okay, you need to you need to turn in your guns. Well, let's let's move away from guns. What if they come out and say, you know what? Screw um, habeas corpus! Like you don't have to have a right. trial by jury. You don't have to have all this this yeah. shit. We we're getting rid of this. You have that natural right. You yeah. push back. Right. 
Absolutely. If any of this goes out the window as your yeah. natural rights, it is your duty to push back. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we're closing down churches. Uh, you, anything that you post now needs to go through some kind of government truth um, <laughs> uh, association, yeah. right? That so they can determine whether it's truth or not, right? Um, you know, um, freedom. Uh, well, freedom of speech would be that. Uh, freedom of press, which we talked about, is bullshit, anyways. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ability to assemble, you know, I right. mean, any of that shit. And, and we talked about that with the, the the protest. We may not agree with it, but it's their right to do it, as uh-huh. long as it's done lawfully. Right. Right? Right. So we're going to get into break. Um, we're going to take five, ten minutes, as we usually do. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to post a link, a Zoom link. I want to get a phone number so people can actually come call in. They don't have to, like, log in, but we don't have that just yet. Yeah. For we, now, we have Zoom. We need a we need a like a hotline, like a red phone with like you know, a, a little light that yeah, lights a little up. light like a the bat phone. Yes, and, and a glass case that we yeah. can pick up that in a bell shaped case. That, oh shit, oh, that'd be badass. That would be badass. For now, we have Zoom. <laughs> We're gonna post the Zoom link in the comments and and um in the Facebook forum. So call in and tell us what you think, because I feel like. I feel like we're on track. I think so. But yeah, I'd be curious to know what other people think. Right. So call in, um, click on that Zoom link. We'll let you in. Yeah, if you, and, and if you do Zoom, you don't have to show up on camera. No. I'm just letting you know that. I feel like some people are a little nervous because they don't want to be on camera. You don't have to be on camera. We don't have to click the show your face button. So make sure you specify that or just don't turn your camera on. Right. And just call in and we'll hear your voice. And you don't have to give your name. Just tell us what you want us to yeah. call you. And we'll call you by that. So yeah, call in. Like if you want us to call you Deep Throat. <laughs> God. <laughs> Please don't tell us you want. I, I won't be able to keep a straight face. So we're on the air with Deep Throat. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. And like I said, we're going to talk a little more about people wanting to attack the Second Amendment specifically, which in in general just attacks the entire constitution because of the precedent is set. So we'll be right back and give us about 5 minutes and we'll be back and we'll we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah. In an hour or so. Sure. So we'll be right back. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are, go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remso W. Martinez, at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net.
and we are back. We need to get some like kind of cool video to play during that break so people aren't just staring at a blank screen yeah. and thinking, um, did it freeze up? What happened here? Because I, I did have somebody last week like, Where'd you go? Your 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 stream is froze. It's like calm down, we're on we're break. On break yeah. We're on break. Yeah, we do need something so, cool. So we need like a, a halftime intermission video to to play us through. Maybe we uh, could record us playing basketball and just play that during the Oh, that would break. be horrible. Nobody <laughs> wants to watch me play basketball. That would just be god awful. Um, I apologize to all our viewers for anybody who'd ever have to see that. But we are back. We are back live. We do have the opportunity to call in. The Zoom link is posted in the comment section of the YouTube video. It's also comment or posted in the Facebook forum, which we have a Facebook forum. If you didn't know that, it is called the Break the Bell Forum original. Ironically. It's, it, I mean, make it easy to find. Yeah. Just type in Break the Bell Forum. You have to invite, like, send an invite to get yourself in so we're not getting a bunch of spammers and stuff. Yeah, we get and, a bunch of freaks. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we had people that look like Nairobian princes probably trying to yes. to say that I'm their last heir yes. to their family yes. fortune. So Won't get us more than once on that one. If you do look like a human, if you don't look like you just created your... Uh, Facebook account yesterday, then we'll probably let you in. M most likely, we'll let you in. Yeah. Um, so again, that Zoom link is in the Facebook forum and it's in the YouTube comments. So click on that. Come, tell us what you want, uh, what you're thinking about everything we're talking about here in regards to the Second Amendment, the Bill of Rights, uh, whether or not the Second Amendment is a God-given right as. Um, we seem to think here on yeah. the Break the Bell podcast, we seem to think all your liberties are basically your God-given rights because yeah. that's the whole premise of this podcast yep. is standing up for your liberties, standing up for your freedom. Well, I uh, We don't proclaim ourselves to be, we don't label ourselves as a libertarian podcast because no. I don't think neither one of us labels ourselves as no. libertarians, yeah, right. like LP, hard, like capital L, yeah. uh, libertarians. Um, we have libertarian values, but right. neither of us, I don't subscribe to any political party, really. No. I voted for Spike Cohen because he's a freaking freak of nature and he's yes. awesome. And, um, he probably fights bears without his shirt on because <laughs> he never, he never has a shirt on. But, um, I, I don't prescribe to no. the libertarian party, but as far as your personal liberties go, we're big supporters of those things. So and we we yeah. <laughs> we hang with the people that do as well, yes. like like the uh, uh, run your mouth coffee, for example, yes. supporters of your liberties. Check them out at romcoffee.com. That's another shameless plug for them. Um, promo code break the bell. All that fun stuff. All the stuff we always say. Make sure you check them out. Call in though if you think that um, this amendment should be changed, if it should be repealed, if you think we are way off base when it comes to. Um, uh, interpreting Indi this, yeah, individual rights or collectiveness, yeah, collective rights. I mean, right. just you know, what whatever way you swing, let us know. Because I mean, there's so many interpretations of that one sentence, right? But I I feel like the way we broke it down by looking at kind of the background of the right. Bill of Rights by what people like the American Civil Liberties Union right. declares the Bill of Rights as. I feel like we're interpreting this as an individual right as it should be. Right. So um, if you think we're way off base, call us in. Call in and tell us that we are freaking idiots because 
I mean, we, t we say it every week anyway. We're freaking idiots. We, <laughs> we don't know. We are just going based off of the homework we've done, based off of the background we've read. Right. Again, we're not constitutional lawyers. We <laughs> right. Otherwise, we'd be doing something, making a lot more money than we're making right now. That's probably true. Going to get into the second half a little bit. We're going to talk about some people that are attacking, uh, that have in the past tried to attack the Second Amendment. Yes. Before I do, I just wanted there's to... there's been many. I wanted to read one more small section of the Constitution of the United States. It says, and this is in Article 2, Section 1. The last paragraph of Article 2, Section 1. It says, before he enters on the execution of his office, this is talking about the head of the executive branch, i.e. Right. The, the president, uh, before he enters... On the execution of his office, he shall take the following oath or affirmation. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of the President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. When you are the sitting President of the United States and you come out throwing out things like, none of it's absolute. Right. And again, we get how he, people are translating that. Well, obviously, you right. can't just say whatever you want without consequence. But when you're setting that precedent, right. that doesn't sound like you are defending the Constitution to the best of your abilities. Well, and, and the way he prefaced that. Mm -hmm. Well, very from the very beginning, uh, you, you couldn't have any weapon you wanted. and, and Not, and everybody, could not everybody could have a gun. That does not sound like you are... Preserving, protecting, and defending the Constitution. Yeah. It sounds like you're trying to get a little workaround yeah. of the Constitution. Right. You're trying to tiptoe around it and, and stay within your legal bounds as possible, as much as the Supreme Court will allow you to. The Supreme Court, that, that that's key to, uh, important there, because we're yeah. going to talk about that a little, because all his executive orders that he makes are kind of his way of translating the Constitution, supposedly— but it's only allowed by the Supreme Court. They can declare it, as we saw with Donald Trump, they right. can declare an executive order unconstitutional. Absolutely. And then it's null and void. Yeah. I mean, it, it all goes out the window then. So. And I guarantee you, right now, if Biden tries to pass these executive orders he talked about with the Second Amendment, mm -hmm. they will be tossed out as unconstitutional. At least, at least a good chunk of them will. And I, I think more presidents are careful about wording. Yeah. I don't think Donald Trump was ever careful about no, wording. That's he why— never, He didn't give a shit. Um, like, even in his lawsuits yeah. with the like the election yeah. results, right. they were like, well, we get your point, but you're not making right. a case. Yeah, exactly. He was just never really yeah. thorough. They are like, you're not even trying, man. Come yeah. on. So I, I, I feel that um, people like Biden, or at least the people working for Biden— <laughs> pulling his puppet strings, are at least doing their homework. Ugh. So I did want to talk about executive order because I got to thinking, because I read a little bit of, of the— I didn't, like, read the entire Constitution yeah. when I was studying this for this episode. Well, I read through sections of it, and I never saw anywhere in there that one of the duties of the president was to implement executive orders. Right. And if you look at some, some like, people— <laughs> Um, some citizens think that anything that is not in the Constitution is not in the power of the federal government. Right. So if it's not in the Constitution, if executive orders are not mandated by the Constitution, 
or allowed by the Constitution, then is it even his duty to do? Right. And so that was my question. So I, I got to digging, like, is this even constitutional? Um, this ar- this Wikipedia article, because, again, that's where I get a lot of my information, a lot of thorough, in-depth, like, real quick, like, Cliff Notes version right. in Wikipedia. That's why I go back to it a lot, just to get, like, a Cliff Notes version. And um, so, again, <laughs> for the most part, I think Wikipedia is pretty well-regulated now, so... So that's why I read from it a lot. But this says, the basis in the United States of the Constitution, um, talking about executive executive orders. It says, the United States Constitution does not have a provision that explicitly permits the use of executive orders. Huh. No, go, no, no shit. Explicitly says that. Right. There's nothing that says, hey, you have this ability. Right. It says, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 1 of the Constitution simply states... And this is more vague than the Second Amendment was written. Right. So you think the Second Amendment gets can get blown out of proportion or mistranslated? Right. Listen to this. This is their basis for executive order. The executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States. Um, and it says, he shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Yeah. That's their basis for executive order is he shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Yeah. So it basically is saying that executive orders um, are basically how he um, implements constitutional laws. Right. So how it's like how how he imposes the law. Yeah. It says the U.S. Supreme Court has held that all executive orders from the president of the United States must be supported by the Constitution, whether from a clause granting specific power or by Congress delegating such to the executive branch. Specifically, such orders must be rooted in Article 2 of the Constitution or enacted by the Congress in statutes. Attempts to block such orders have been successful at times when such orders either exceeded the authority of the president or could be better handled through legislation. We see a lot of that with Biden. Yeah, yeah. But the thing you get now is they get very vague in their constitutional backing for executive orders. They'll be like— well, based on the Constitution, I make it. They, they're very slow to, like, cite specific articles of the Constitution right. that they're backing this with because it's been shot shot down before. The right. Supreme Court will come in and be like, "That's not what that says at all." Right. So, from what I've read, a lot of times now they'll be like, "Based on the Constitution, I am implementing this executive order." Yeah. Just like, well, based on what part of it though? So it, it's just a very small sentence. To grant that they're right. using to grant mass amounts. But you see that with the government all the time. Yeah, I but mean, but that was the whole purpose of the Constitution was right. to limit. Yeah. The federal powers, and they have taken this one sentence and yeah. used it to grant themselves so much right. executive power. Yeah, but you see the same thing with again the Supreme Court legislating from the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not meant to to legislate. You know, that is purely supposed to be a, a Congress thing, you know, the legislative branch. But yet you see the executive order legislating through executive order, and you see the Supreme Court legislating through judicial um, decision. Well, did you know, and I read this this week too, on that same token, like I said, it's not in the Constitution doesn't give specific provisions for executive order. Constitution doesn't give specific provisions for the Supreme Court to declare something constitutional or not. That's not in yeah. the Constitution. Right. That came to be like like a decade later. Some something came up and, I believe it. and the Supreme Court's like, 
that's not constitutional. You can't do that. So that set up a precedent for um, the Supreme Court being yeah. the end go-to for whether or not something's constitutional. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of the laws that are enacted are just through judicial precedent, mm -hmm. which is kind of screwed up. Yeah, it is. It, it kind of screws up the whole checks and balance system. But more so, I think, executive order when it is being used, and, and they're not even like trying to hide the fact mm -hmm. that it's being used to circumvent um, a, a deadlock in Congress. Right. When Biden comes out and he's just like, "Well, I don't want to, but I'll just, I'll just uh, make an executive order about it." Yeah. Or Obama gets up and he says, "I have the power of the pen, a pen and a phone." Yeah. I mean, you are basically bragging. Yeah. That you're just sidestepping the checks and balance system, yeah. and it, unless you have a Supreme Court that is willing to step up and be like, "Hey, you can't do that," then, um, then it, it doesn't really matter. So. That that kind of brings us to the whole packing the courts thing you brought up a couple th a couple times. Yeah, if Biden wants to impose some kind of executive order, the only person people that have the power to really say no is the Supreme Court. Right. Right now, we have a predominantly right leaning Supreme Court, and, and, and there have been several executive orders that Biden has issued that he is being sued upon. Mm -hmm. by different states. You see yeah. it in Texas. You see it in New Mexico and Arizona. Uh, I think uh, Idaho is also suing. So these are cases that are going to go to the Supreme Court, and at that point they will be determined whether they are unconstitutional or not and may be thrown out. Well, as of this week, Joe Biden set up a commission to study Supreme Court reform. And, and Harris said that. Harris came out and said, look, we're going to pack the shit out of this court, and we're going to pass whatever the fuck we want. Well, didn't AOC come out last year and be like, why don't oh, we yeah. just add more Supreme right. Court justices? Yeah, right. I mean, and everybody laughed at her and said, ha, ha, yeah, AOC, yeah. You're, you're dumb. You're and, <laughs> and then everybody was like, fuck, they could do that. Yeah, so, I mean, they've done it before. Yeah. I mean, for the last hundred-some-plus years, it has been... What, yeah. It's nine right now, right? It's nine now, yeah. And I, it's been I, that way for like a hundred plus years. It started out as was it five or six? I think it started as five. Okay. Then they dropped it down to like three. Yeah. And then it was like an even number for a while. It was like eight, and then it was like ten, and then I think they came up with the whole. It's got to be an odd number so there's not a <laughs> deadlock dead, deadlock vote. So it said this article here is from NPR. So um, they're obviously going to make this out they're as a great like, thing. They're going to be like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Woo! <clears throat> says yeah. President Biden signed an executive order Friday setting up a bipartisan commission that will study U.S. Supreme Court reform and, among other things, examine the size of the court and the justice lifetime appointments. So we're studying the size of the court and terms in office because right now it's lifetime or w whether they die or retire, you're in for life if you're appointed says the commission's purpose is to provide an analysis of the principal arguments in the contemporary public debate for and against Supreme Court reform. <laughs> That's a lot of big words to <laughs> to confuse the shit out of you. It makes it sound good. Including excuse me, including an appraisal of the merits and legality of particularly reform proposals. So is it legal? So right. one thing they're doing they're looking at is would it be legal for us to make these reforms? Right. The topics we will examine include the genesis of the reform debate, the court's role in the constitutional system. Again, uh, if you go back, 
if you're taking the Constitution verbatim, you could go back and say, hey, the, the Supreme Court's completely out of its jurisdiction right. in what they do. Absolutely. So if they want, if they wanted to, if they were going to make these reforms and take a look at the court's role in the constitutional system, we could dial it way back to what it was intentionally purposed to be. Yeah. The length of service of turnover of justice in, on the court, the membership and size of the court, and the court's case selection rules and practices. The announcement marks the culmination of a campaign promise Biden made when repeatedly pressed on whether he would expand the Supreme Court to pack it with justices more aligned with his worldview. I mean, if you if you can't get the turnout you want, right. just just add the people you want. Uh, uh, how can that be constitutional? Right, right. I mean, uh, they currently have the um, they got the House, they got the Senate, right? They got the yeah. presidency. Of course, they got the vice presidency. And now they're trying to pack the Supreme Court. The scariest federal government, scariest, is when one side controls the entire government. Absolutely, it is. I depend. It doesn't matter what side I'm on. Yeah, I don't I'm care if it's right or left. Right or left. Yeah. If one side controls all of it, then fifty percent are being disenfranchised, right. hands down. Absolutely. So I, I, the checks and balance system is negated when. Right. Um, it's all one-sided. Yeah. So when, I mean that in itself. I, I I really wish that that's something that the the founding fathers looked into. Is that well they didn't have they they didn't they were against political parties from the start. Mm -hmm. So again, this right. is something that has evolved through us being dipshits <laughs> and letting it happen. Yes, I mean. Humans have that innate quality of being dipshits. I mean, <laughs> back back to biblical times when God's like, you don't want a king, it's going to end up bad for you. Right. And they're like, no, you know, God, we, really we do. do want a king. And they, he gave them a king, and they turned into bigger dipshits. Fine, whatever. And bigger dipshits. So yeah. we have this this dipshit quality just built instilled in we us, do. I think. Um, it says the Democratic candidate said he opposed expanding the court, but said he favored the kind of bipartisan commission that the White House unveiled Friday. Bipartisan. <laughs> Bipartisan. Right, sure. He opposes expanding the courts, but he's all about having a commission to study yeah, whether right. or not it'd be legal to expand yeah. the courts. I, I think Makes it's sense. a horrible idea, but we're going to look into it anyways. Don't do this. <laughs> While he's shaking <laughs> yeah, his head, exactly. yes. So, um, hang on, let me see if we got... We, no call-ins yet. Call in. Call in and give us your opinion, please. Do it now. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it, do it now. The commission will be co-chaired by former White House counsel Bob Bauer. Not Jack Bauer. Bob Bauer. Not, well, I would have trust Jack Bauer. Yeah. Bob Bauer. Screw him. Um, and former Deputy Assistant Attorney General Christina Rodriguez. Its other members include legal and other scholars, as well as former federal judges and practitioners who have appeared before the court. When does it get bipartisan? I don't know. Advocates for the reform of democratic institutions and the administration of justice and experts on constitutional law, history, and political science. The commission is racially and ethnically diverse and ideologically diverse, but the size of the commission, a whopping 36 members, and its mandate uh, not to produce actual recommendations so they're not supposed to give recommendations there it's basically uh who is that guy the special counsel guy during uh the whole trump thing um, um i can't think of his name but you know what i'm talking about yeah, the special counsel guy that yeah. wasn't supposed to give any recommendations right. he was just supposed to give his findings so right. that's what this these people their job is to so you're, you're taking 36 
legal and political people, putting them in the room and asking them to come up with a consensus. Basically, <laughs> you basically just study it and give a consensus, but not give a recommendation. It says, uh, if the eventual report could end up on the ash heap of history. So NPR is basically... That's be like watching a Chinese porn. They're not going to get shit done. That's <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It says, Friday's announcement comes amid a debate over the composition of the nine-member court that now has a six-to-three conservative majority. Liberal advocates contend that an expanded Supreme Court would give Biden a real chance to implement a legislative agenda. And no, nobody wants no, that. No, it wouldn't give him a chance to implement a legislative agenda because the Supreme Court doesn't legislate. So in no way does this give him a chance to implement legislative agenda. His Predominantly um, Democratic Senate and House are the ones that give him a real chance to implement legislative yeah. agenda. Right. Do, do it the way you're supposed to do it. Don't take the shortcuts. So again, there there no provision for the Supreme Court to legislate from the bench. So him packing the courts does not give him any more chance to implement a legislative agenda. What it does is give him more of a chance to sidestep the constitutional process to sidestep the checks and balances, to sidestep legislation. That's all it does. It gives him more power yeah. to implement um, executive orders as he wishes and for um, the Supreme Court to come out and yeah. say, yeah, you, no, you right. can do this. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? You're, you're right. We need to uh, we need to put serious uh, uh, stop to the Second Amendment. Oh, you know what? We do need to make a lot of these uh, illegal immigrants legal. Mm -hmm. You know what? We, we do need to raise the minimum wage. Yeah. You know, that kind of shit. It says, um, which will otherwise almost certainly be mired in litigation due to conservative legal challenges. Do you know how you sidestep conservative legal challenges? You pass things in Congress because then right. there's no legal challenges right. to yeah. it because it is legislated, right. constitutionally yeah. legislated. Yeah. So, again, um, all this that, that goes back to me saying, reading the quote about him protecting and preserving the Constitution. All he is wanting to do and all his side, his liberal advocate, advocates are wanting him to do is sidestep the Constitution, not uphold the Constitution. Right. So packing the courts, if you are saying that this is advancing your, your legislative agenda, you are unconstitutional. Yeah. And, and, and again, the Democrats who are for this, they're not thinking things through because— Someday, well, maybe, maybe they're rigging it so that there will never be another Republican president ever, mm. because I imagine they're going to get rid of the Electoral College next. But if this goes over to the right eventually, mm -hmm. then what? They they have the a packed court. And they pack it again. They have a Senate. They, have, they have more. <laughs> they just keep adding. Right. And, and before you know it, they'll have 36 Supreme Court judges, and they won't be able to... 975, shoes. <laughs> 975 Supreme Court justices. We just have <laughs> yeah. a big council of justices. They, they walk in, judge, 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 <laughs> judge, 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 judge. It says Biden has rejected the idea of packing a court, the court, a view that gained renewed attention this week when Justice Stephen Breyer, one of the court's three liberals, warned against an expansion of the Supreme Court. So even one of the yeah. Supreme Court justices, a liberal Supreme Court justice, said, this is a bad yeah. precedent you're trying to set here. Don't do it. Do not do it. So this all comes back. Like, the reason why I wanted to talk about this article in this episode is because of what we talked about. It comes back to 
him sidestepping the Constitution. Yeah. Because the only person, that, people that are going to prevent that is the Supreme Court. Right. It's going to say that's not constitutional. Yeah. Whether or not they have the constitutional and, and right to say that. And it goes do. along with his 70-some executive orders that he's signed since he's been in office for right. the last two months. Right. So, I mean, there's so much hypocrisy, so much, so many legal issues here just by uttering the words, oh, this will advance his uh, legislative agenda. No, no. Yeah. Look at the precedent you're setting. Right. I mean, you guys cried about all of Donald Trump's executive orders. The most executive orders. Can you guess who implemented the most executive orders? Mm, I thought it was Biden. It's not Biden. No. Well, he implemented the most in the first couple of days, oh, couple gotcha. of weeks. The most was Mr. Great New Deal guy. Oh. FDR. Yeah, I believe that. So he was the one. He implemented like 3,000-plus executive I, that, orders. In I his believe term. that. So, he was also president for four terms. So, mm-hmm. you know, that shows you ex- exactly what kind of guy he was. So um, we talked about, we compared, kind of side-by-side compared some of the proposals with um, the whole stimulus and stuff. We compared them to the New Deal. Right. And now we can take a look and see, like, all of this executive order talk. Well, just, just sign executive orders. Well, we got some precedent set by the the author of the Great New Deal as setting the the world's records for yeah. for and, and didn't he orders. also try to pack the court? It wasn't that there an expansion expansion of court during his term? I don't know if there was or not. I thought there was. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, we'll have to look into that. Um, but yeah, the <laughs> the idea of packing the court just to push your agenda is bullshit. It's terrifying. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> like I said, that disenfranchises half of the country. Yeah. That disenfranchises half of the legislatures whose job is to pass things in the law, whether or not they actually do, because they never— I mean, when was the last actual law that was passed besides stimulus right. bills and things yeah. like that? Uh, but, yeah, it, it gets it gets into, like, scary, scary field there, scary area. So, and what do you think is going to happen? I mean, if he expands the court and they start making some decisions like, oh, well, um, Second Amendment is now thrown out, you need to hand in your guns. I mean, what what do you think is going to happen to the country at that point? Oh, it's going to straight divide along the state lines, along the red versus blue state lines, because you're going to have states that are already coming out, like we said in the first half, yeah, saying we're going to implement laws to to block this yeah at the state level we're yeah. not going to implement this at the state level so it's it's just going to divide even more yeah that i yeah, mean <laughs> absolutely i mean that's what they want though before oh absolutely it is i mean as we were talking about before with you know months ago about the possibility of a, a civil war i mean it would absolutely be that at that point yeah so i wanted to keep kind of in line with the supreme court because this was a former Supreme Court justice. This came out a while ago. This was 2014. I think this was right after Parkland shooting. I'm pretty sure. Um, justice, former Justice John Paul Stevens. He was like 97 at the time. He thought it was necessary to just repeal the Second Amendment altogether. A Supreme Court justice says, "Get rid of it altogether. That'll that'll help this." blocking fr- by the NRA or whoever of gun laws and stuff like that. Just get rid of it. Yeah. This article here 
Um, it's an opinion piece, but it's from WashingtonPost.com. It says, five extra words that could fix the Second Amendment. So he's saying, oh, this is by John Paul Stevens. This is his opinion post in the Washington Post. So um, let me pull this up. You ready for this? Yes. It says, John Paul Stevens served as an associate justice of the Supreme Court from 75 to 2010. This essay is exert, exerted from his new book, Six Amendments, How and Why We Should Change the Constitution. So somebody that sat at the, on the highest court in the land wants to completely change the Constitution. I mean, fortunately, he was on, a side, he was, uh, on the dissenting side for most of his term. He was never the one like pushing some of these changes, but he, he thinks the Constitution just needs to be completely revamped. Yeah. It says following the massacre of grammar school children in Newton, Connecticut. So this isn't this isn't Parkland. This is Newton, Connecticut. Uh, in December 2012, high-powered weapons have been used to kill innocent victims in more senseless public incidents. Those killings, however, are only a fragment of the total harm caused by the misuse of firearms. Each year, more than 30,000 people die in the United States in firearm-related incidents. Uh, many of those deaths involve handguns. The adoption of rules that will lessen the number of those incidents should be a matter of primary concern to both federal and state legislatures. legislators. Legislatures are in a far better position than judges to assess the wisdom of such rules and to evaluate the costs and benefits that rule changes can be expected to produce. So he's at least saying this needs to be done at congr congressional level, not right. Supreme Court level. We don't have the power or executive order it makes sense. Um, in order to get that real shit done, it needs to be done at Congress. It says, um, it is those legislators rather than federal judges who should make the decision that will determine what kinds of firearms should be available to private citizens and when and how they may be used. Constitutional provisions that curtail the legislative power to govern in this area unquestionably do more harm than good. So he's basically saying the Second Amendment does more harm than it does good. First 10 amendments to the Constitution placed limits on the powers of the new federal government. Concern that a national standing army might pose a threat to the security of the separate states led to the adoption of the Second Amendment, which provides that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Far more than 200 years following the adoption of that amendment, federal judges uniformly understood that the right protected by the text was limited in two ways. First, it applied only to keeping and bearing arms for military purposes. He's saying for 200 years, we understood this was just for keeping it for military purposes, mm -hmm. which is bullshit because, nice. again, it goes back to that mm -hmm. God-given right to self-defense. Right. And second— while it limited the power of the federal government, it did not impose any limit whatsoever on the power of the states or local governments to regulate the ownership of firearms. That's what we talked about. Right. Up until 2008, um, it basically uh, just told them hands off gun, gun rights. Right. Thus, in the United States versus Miller in 1939, the court unanimously, unanimously held that Congress could prohibit the possession of sawed-off shotgun because that sort of weapon had no reasonable relation to the preservation or efficiency of a well-regulated militia. He goes on to say, talk about how that changed, he talks about, but um, says, organizations such as the NRA disagreed with that 
the position and mounted a vigorous campaign claiming that federal regulation of the use of firearms severely curtailed American Second Amendment rights. So this, again, is pointing fingers at the NRA, saying lobbyists are what did this to our country. Five years after his retirement, during a 1991 appearance on the McNeil-Lair News Hour, Berger himself—I'm not sure who Berger is, I didn't see— Berger himself remarked that the Second Amendment has been the subject of one of the greatest pieces of fraud— I repeat the word fraud on the American public by special interest groups that I have ever seen in my lifetime. So he's calling basically what we know as the Second Amendment fraud because of the NRA and lobbyist groups. Um, Other pieces that I read that he wrote basically said that the Second Amendment and the whole concept of the militia is an antiquated uh, concept. So this is why he's saying it should be thrown out out the door. Um, this talks about the 2008 thing. It says, in 2008, by a vote of 5-4, to four, the Supreme Court decided in D.C. versus Heller that the Second Amendment protects a civilian's right to keep a handgun in his home for a purpose of self-defense. Again, it goes back to the whole English right. Bill of Rights that I copied, saying you mm-hmm. have the natural right to self-defense. And in 2010, by another vote of 5-4, to four, the court decided in McDonald versus Chicago that the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment limits the power of the city of Chicago to outlaw the possession of handguns by private citizens. A dissent in both of these cases—I dissented in both of these cases and remain convinced that both decisions misinterpret the law and were profoundly unwise. Public policies concerning gun control should be decided by voters' elected representatives, not by federal judges. So he's going back and saying this should have been a voted on thing, right. which, I mean, I can I can justify that. Yeah, it should have been a voted on or a legislative thing, sure. not a court thing. But again, it goes back to what's a right, what's right. like, what was the intent of this? Right, and that goes back to our gray area that we we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Should it be Supreme Court's decision to tell right. a state or a local government, hey, you you got to let them have guns? Right. Yeah. Or should it be up to the states? I mean, that's still a question in my head that right. I keep coming back to because I, I don't know the answer to that right. one. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to scroll down to the bottom because it talks about his—this is a long-ass article. I'll post in the show notes so you can read it. But he ta- the whole thing was talking about the five words we should have added to the second—we should add to the Second Amendment to make it be what it's supposed to be. It says—so this paragraph says— as a result of the ruling in Heller and McDonald, the Second Amendment, which was adopted to protect the states from federal in- interference with their power to ensure that their militias were well regulated, has given federal judges the ultimate power to determine the validity of state regulations of both civilian and militia related use of arms. The an- anomalous result can be avoided by adding five words to the text of the Second Amendment to make it amb- unambiguously conform to the original intent of its draftsmen, and so amended it would read, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms when serving in the militia shall not be infringed. So he added, he wants to add the five words when serving in the militia. Right. So that's what their intent was, based on this guy. Right. He's declaring this, even though, um, like we said, the ACLU came out and said the Bill of Rights is individual rights right and we read that article that said the bill of rights was copied from the english, english bill of rights right. so and 
I mean, if we want to argue semantics, we could break down any of these, right? Any of these um, freaking amendments and point out the vagueness of them, right? Point out how um, <laughs> this could be um, obviously uh, misinterpreted or mm-hmm. abused, just like anything can be abused. Well, and I think uh, South Carolina took care of that problem by just uh, making all their citizens militia people. Which I think is freaking awesome. It is. Because then if they come out and say, when serving in the militia... And be like, well, all our citizens yeah, are in a militia. All our I, legal-age citizens are serving in a militia, so problem solved right there. But I, I, I think if it were such a cut-and-dry thing where he can be like, this is what the Founding Fathers meant, why didn't... The founding fathers put that in there then. Right, right. Yeah. Because exactly. everything else is spelled out pretty cut and dry. Yeah. This one says the right of the people to yeah. keep and bear arms. So I I think they say exactly what they meant. Mm-hmm. And these people don't like it because it threatens them and it threatens their authority and they yeah. want to change it. Yeah. And that that's it. And again, I don't I don't think repealing the Second Amendment as this guy is wanting to do, it's not going to do a damn thing no. but make things worse. Exactly. It goes back to the 18th Amendment that yeah. re- that prohibited alcohol sales. Right. Yep. Spike in crime went up like 26% yeah. in the yeah. first year after that. Yeah. And organized crime. What do you think? The uh, capabilities of organized crime today with the technology we have today will be so much higher right. than it was during the Al Capone era. The, Absolutely. The freaking, what was it, oh, the yeah. 30s, 1930s? In the 20s. 20s and 30s, yeah. During Prohibition, it's going to increase so much more. You got the technology to 3D print oh, yeah. guns. Yeah. You repeal the right to keep and bear arms. People yeah. are just going to print guns yeah. and sell them and make a killing off of it. So you you look at... You look at the Constitution, but then you also look at history and how history shows that yeah. things like this go. Yeah. Because when you make more laws, you tighten up the laws, people just find ways around them, and then th- it just makes more criminals. Yeah. And then things aren't regulated at all. You think things aren't regulated with gun control now. Wait right. till you make all guns illegal. Nothing's well, going to be regulated. Again, I, I test that y- you make all guns illegal, you're looking at a civil war. Mm-hmm. Oh, Pe- absolutely. People will will lose th- their shit, and states will have to make a decision. They will split off from each other, and y- you're going to have a civil war. You will. I mean, that's all there is to it. No, I agree. I agree. There's going to be um, states are going to going to push for states' rights versus federal. Mm-hmm. Um, you're stepping on the state's toes, yeah. which is, I mean. Yeah, and I have no idea how you'll divide it up because you'll have, you know, like you'll have Illinois You'll have Iowa, you'll have Michigan, you'll have... But even look at Illinois. The majority of... Is rural. Yeah, the majority of the space right. is rural. So you'll have Chicago as its own state. Yeah. In the middle of everything. Yeah, who all already makes it a blue state, and you get all the farmers in Illinois mm. that hate the state because right. of how it's um, yeah how it's legislated and how um, they're underrepresented yeah. or whatever. So And same thing could be said for New York, mm-hmm. you know. So what what do you think about all this? What do you think about this guy? He's basically saying, you know, if we want to bypass all these lobbyist groups like the NRA, right. which even Kerry Sloan 
gun activist right. who we had on two weeks ago fucking hates the NRA. Oh, I, I and again, I, I've I'm not a fan of the NRA. They're pro- uh, basically she thinks they're cancer to gun rights activists. Yeah, I believe it. I believe <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I mean it's all just probably big money being funneled to places. Yeah, that's where it exactly be. what I think it is. So I mean, but to throw it all out just because of this one bad group. Yeah. That's that's setting a bad precedent. And for yeah. for a standing president to stand up and say, "Hey, none of this, and it, it's all it all can go away." Yeah. I mean, again, don't tell, don't argue with me and say that's not what he was saying. Again, look at the precedent it's set, it's setting right. by him saying, "Oh, it's all absolute." Right. Well, there's there's an amendment that sets his term limit to four years. Right. There's an amendment that sets that allows him to even or there's a constitutional article that allows him to even be a, right. a, the president. It's like you you being in your position is just as legally binding as our right to keep and bear arms. Absolutely. You can go away, like you said, president's not absolute either. Right. You can go away quicker than our right to bear arms can go away. Absolutely. So, where do we go with this, Bill? <laughs> I mean, are, should we be scared? I don't think so. I, I, I don't. I, I think there's so many buffers I think he has something he wants to do, but I think he has to get through the Supreme Court first. I don't think he's going to successfully pack the court. I don't either. I think people because a shitstorm. I, I was looking at it, and uh, yes, FDR did try to pack the court. He Some of his New Deal stuff did not get through because it was deemed unconstitutional. He wanted to pack the court. Not even the justices on the Supreme Court that were on his side were for that. Yeah. They all thought that it was would be a disaster. Mm-hmm. And so it, it didn't makes happen. It look like a fucking tyrant. Well, it does. what it does. It does. It does. And so I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you have the states that are actively fighting against Biden. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I, I think he's trying to talk up for his constituents and make it look good. But that's it. So I, they're trying yeah. to turn... Public policy, you got the media trying to make everything look big and bad, and and that's all it is, is they're trying to get people to, to go, but people don't care. Mm-hmm. They just don't care. Yeah, and that, that's the scary part, is people don't care. Yeah. On, on all sides of it. Yeah. And that goes back to my statement that the Constitution is as binding as you I mean, want it to be. I, I mean, the biggest thing that's going to come out for this is you're going to end up paying 250 for a bullet. Gun prices are going to go up. Bullet prices are going to go up. They're just going to tax this shit out of things. That's about as much as they can do. And, and that's probably it. Yeah. And again, that'll that'll go state by state. I mean, look at their fight against tobacco use. Right. Right. What did they do to fight against just it? Just taxed it. Raise taxes. But they had the support of the states to do that also. Right, yeah. You're not going to have the support of the states to tax firearms, I don't think. Right. I really don't. No. Um, I was talking to... I. I, I like to frequent the local gun shops here. Even if I'm not buying such stuff, I just like to see what people got yeah. and see how they're set up and see if they got ammo and, and stuff like that. Um, I went to one here in town. that Actually, where I bought my AR, I went back there, and there was a younger guy, probably my age there, working. And, and so I just asked the question. I was like, so what do you think of Biden's gun proposals? And he, he, just basically, he wasn't one of those people freaking out like, oh, they're coming after our guns. He's like... It, it's a big nothing. Yeah. He's like, I'm not is. worried. He's like, he doesn't have any feet to stand on. It's, right. And he even said, he said, which I don't, I didn't look into this. He said it's an executive, what do you call it? 
not an executive order, but a basically a suggestion, okay. an executive suggestion. I don't remember what he, directive, yeah. executive okay. directive, which is basically suggestive. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't looked into it, but he's like, it's basically suggesting how things should be implemented and whether or not the, the, um, the states or whatever enforce it, that's kind of on them. It's it's yeah. suggestive. But my opinion of it, it's it's the same as his uh, big promise on mask laws and the same as his big promise on minimum wage. He only has so much authority. Right. So his first yeah. day in office, he's like, well, my first day in office, I'm going to implement nationwide mask laws. What do yeah. you do? First day in office, implemented masks on federal, pro- right. on federal yeah. property. Right. The things yeah. he legally can do, because he can't yeah. legally have a federal mask mandate. He can't. Right. No, That's up can't. to the states. Um, when it came to minimum wage, what did he do? He promised $15 minimum right. wage. He, he did it for federal. For the federal employees, yeah. because that's what he could do. Right. He is limited mm-hmm. to an extent. Yeah. He makes it sound like he isn't, and he wishes he could. He wasn't, but he is. I mean, I mean that's gets, just the way it is. It gets people freaking out yeah. that, oh, he's going to do this, and he's going to do that. And then he comes out, and he's like, well, I'm going to regulate homemade guns, and I'm going to regulate stock or not the stocks, the pistol braces right, right, and right. things like that. He, when when this whole thing came out, minus the thing him saying that con, uh, amendments are um, aren't absolute, absolute. Right. The rest of it, I was like, this is just a big nothing right. sandwich. Yeah, this is like every other directive yeah. he's given. It's just him. Like throwing around as much weight as he has, yeah. trying to look like he's heavier than he is, yeah. but he's really not. Yeah. So yeah. no, that yeah. When again, that's the one part of the whole thing that yeah, I think both of us both were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. You know. But then we saw his directives and we're like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's yeah, it." Right. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, then we're about out of time already. Do you realize we're already there? No. It and nobody like we're called just in. Concerted. Nobody had any opinions. <sighs> It's sad. I'm going to have to get a phone number because I think people are scared of Zoom. I, I think so, too. Call in to our shows. I, I really want someone to call in and be like, yeah, uh, um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah, we need one well, person. I, I need, just, that's that, that's, that's, that's like a hear. bucket list thing. <laughs> but, um, again, if you are terrified that the president is going to become a tyrant, don't let him become a tyrant. Yeah. It is we the people, like I said. Yeah. It's... The Constitution goes as far as we, the people, allow it to go. And, and really, it's it's your state and local you really need to pay attention yeah, to because right. th- that's your buffer. Yeah. And if you if you have a shitty governor and shitty state legislature, you, you got to get to work on that or move to a different state. And again, I, I want to remind you people and the president— I'm not not threatening the government by any means, so don't send the FBI to my door. You want to go look back at the constitutional days. Take a couple years back and see what happened when there were <laughs> tyrannical right. propositions made or ty- tyrannical laws passed. They just went away. I mean, it was it was work to get them to push right. them away. Blood was shed. Yeah. I mean, people had to step up and actually join together and push back. Yeah. But if you want to look at, if you want to go back in time and be like, well, that's not what they intended. Well, go back a couple of years and look at what was actually, how they got to the point mm-hmm. where they got to the laws and how they were intended. Um, revolution's a serious thing, or civil war is a serious thing. I'm not saying that we're there. No, no. But I'm saying 
there's always that that buffer at least to yeah. protect against tyrannical governments. Yeah. And that goes back to the whole well-regulated militia part of the Second Amendment. Right. Necessary to the security of a free state. So if you're afraid of a tyrannical government, at least we have that buffer, I guess. Right. Revolution. <laughs> so not that any of us want that. No. So we're going to get out of here for this week. Um, I enjoy doing this again. Yeah. I, I like digging into this Definitely. stuff. Um, again, the comment section is always going to be open. If so, so if you disagree with something we say, um, comment on the YouTube video. Get into the Facebook forum, the Break the Bell forum, or any of the other um, social media pages we're on. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Parler. We're on MeWe. We're on AntiNewsLive.com, which, again, is another free speech-supporting business. It's a a social media page where, as long as you're not a dick, you have free reign to, to... just talk and not yeah. not worry about being censored. Don't be an asshole. That's all. That's all they ask. So, I mean, what's your definition of asshole? I don't know because I'm an asshole. I think, but um, check that out at antinewslive.com, and it's just like any other social media page. We're on there too. So, um, check out, share it, all that fun stuff. Smack, smack it. The like and share button. Smack it. Otherwise, we're gonna get out of here. Are you that's ready awesome. to go? I'm ready to go. We'll see you here for the weekend wrap-up, or we'll see you again Monday night, next Monday night, for our live stream, because we love doing it. Have a great week. Never stop talking, ever. Ever. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back, because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout-out to our sponsors, Goulash Media, On the Run with Remzo W. Martinez Podcast, and Van Zot Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next time and let us continue to invade your ear holes and, as always, never stop talking.